huge jumps for Verline, Jaguars collide, and so much more. My name is Luke, and you are listening to Formula Electrifying Podcast, Hyderabad Edition. Welcome back, my fellow electrifiers, to another episode of Formula Electrifying. And my my, we really got a great weekend in India. But before that, let's remind ourselves what happened to the season nine of Formula E so far. In pre-season testing, DS powertrain seems to be the strongest. But when the lights were off in Mexico, Porsche power cars were the most efficient. And their domination continued in Diria as Jaguar closing up the gap real fast. And here we are at Hyderabad. It's the first time the new Gen 3 cars and the hand-hooked tires experience immense heat environment. Overheating became an issue for the indestructible tire. However, that won't stop the drivers from flying on the dusty track. And to our surprise, the big incident of the week goes to Verline, who got an ECU software bug. Which means that he's stuck on throttle when entering the corner. Of course, that did not end well, and as a standard procedure, all the Porsche power cars were called back for further investigation. Which means that they cannot participate the rest of FP1, and that compromised their weekend big time. Between the practice sessions, the curves of turn two was removed because the drivers were abusing that, but by doing so. Track limits at Turn One, Turn Two, Chicane become the theme of the weekend as we head into qualifying. In Group A, both Mahindra, the home heroes, got their lap time deleted due to track limits, and it was Hughes, Evans, Fenestres, and Buemi into the duels. However, Hughes got two of his lap time deleted due to minimum pit stop time. Yeah, that's a thing in Formula E. Anyway, as a result, he was demoted all the way to the back of the grid. Now Hugh is gone. Gunther took his place into the duels. In the second group, Kevin Vandalinda, who steps in for Robin Frank, got some sort of brake failure and gone straight into the runoff area of Turn 16, which brought out a red flag. And luckily, the scene was clear fairly fast, and the action is on once again. Bird, John, Eric Verne, and Tickton all have left times deleted for track limits. Dennis was struggling on track. But in the end, it was Rust, Jeff, Bird, and Motara into the duels. Not a single Porsche cars were in the duels. And now in the duels, everything seems to be good in the first two round, but things started to be a little bit interesting in the third one. It was Rust versus Motara. Rust overcooked turn one turn two chicane, but somehow called back to Motara. Bad news for him was that he lost more time in the turn twelve and turn thirteen chicane and lost the duel. In the last quarterfinal, Bird beat Jeff. However, we got an update that Rust, Motara, and Bird were all under investigation of the track limits at Turn One Turn Two Chicane. And two eternity later, it was decided that their lap times were deleted, and Jeff would go straight into the finals. But in the end, it was Evans who stuck it on pole. John Eric Van started second, and for the rest of the grid, we have Wemi in third, Fenestres in fourth, Gunther in fifth. Bird six, Matara seventh, Rust eighth, Verline ninth, Cassidy tenth, 
Jack Dennis in Disappointing Twelves, Da Costa in Thirteens. And now we're in the race. Matara managed to broke his front wing just two laps in by hitting Cassidy. The weird thing is that somehow he was still racing with the front wing underneath the car, throwing debris everywhere. Evans took attack mode very early while Boemi and Jeff were fighting. They lost three places and rejoined behind Fenestrat. And this eventually was the net two position lost after Boemi took attack and joined before him. That kind of set Evans at the back foot. But he won't worry about that as in left 13, Bird lock up and hit Evans into turn 3, blocking Gunther and Fenestrat in the process. The poor two was sent to the very back of the pack. So basically race ruined. And as for the Jaguars, they both retired. So after two Jaguars collided, Fern and Boemi was like 2 seconds ahead of Cassidy in 3rd place. But 2 laps later, Cassidy and the rest of the group just caught up. How is that possible? But anyway, we move on to lap 23. Now we have Hughes just spawned himself, stopping at the exit of turn 3 with front wind damage, which brought out a safety car. And after the safety car restart, Rest crashed into Dennis into turn 3. Dennis lost his rear wing and got a right rear puncture, while Rust damaged his front wing. Dennis eventually crawled back into the piece and Rust retired. But now when you look at the leading board, Roland out of nowhere was promoted to 4th and Da Costa in 5th. By this time, a lot of cars, in fact, most of the cars either have front wing damage or doesn't have a front wing. But that doesn't seem to make much effects as Matara somehow find himself into top 10. And after all these shenanigans, it was clear that the only remaining contenders for the win were Cassidy and Jeff. Despite 3-4% up on energy, Cassidy just couldn't pass Jeff and had to settle for second, while Boemi was chilling in third place until he got penalized after the race for overpowered, which demoted him to 15th. And this in turn promotes Da Costa into 3rd place and Verline to 4th. But before we go to the rest of the finishing positions, just know that Gunther, Roland, Van Don, and Degrassi all got a 5 second penalty for check limits at turn 2. So after all the penalties were applied, Sergio said the camera was 5th, and Roland, despite being penalized, was 6th. As for the rest, we have Nato in 7th, Van Don in 8th, Lauter in 9th. Matara in 10th, and that was the race. Now let's move on to some talking points. The first one, let's talk about check limits. Apparently, the check limits violation is determined automatically by the power of the on-site cameras. But the question is, why it took so long to come up with a result in quarterfinals? I think we sit there for a couple minutes before we know that Jeff was the only one advanced into semifinals. Beside, during the race, there was just no consistency for the turn 2 check limits. Every time we see that chicane, we saw most of the car just gone out of the track. In my opinion, every car should be penalized for the track limits. But why did you have to be so strict in qualifying but not in the race? I find that kind of odd. As for the second talking points, the Peugeot powertrain didn't seem to be that dominant in India. A big reason is that they didn't have a lot of running in FP1, which could mean that they couldn't find the right setup, or maybe it's just teams catching up. It is also possible that it's the characteristics of the track. As we all know, Pusher and Jagger sometimes have this track dependency in terms of performance. 
so I think we still need a couple more races to find out. The third one is the after-race penalty of Boemi. According to the team, Boemi was not overpowered. He was underpowered due to some internal problem within the car, and they couldn't do anything about it. And this kind of technical problems should have been prevented in the first place. If the problem is within the package that the teams couldn't touch, it is not fair to penalize drivers and the teams for that. I believe over the course of the season, we'll see more of this coming up, and FIA and Formula E will be forced to deal with this problem. And let's hope they'll fix it. Next up is the million-dollar question: How on earth did Jeff survive, and what the hell is Cassidy doing? If you watch a couple of races, three to four percent up is like you have one more lap of energy to use. In normal circumstances, that simply guaranteed an easy overtake to victory. But somehow Cassidy just can't do anything about it. So that's really odd. I mean, it could be that the track is just too slippery outside the racing line. It could also be that Cassidy didn't have this good of results for a while, so he didn't want to take any risks. What happened? We might never know. As for the next talking points, Kevin Vanderlinde retired for safety reasons, but what reasons were not explained further. In pure speculation, the red flag incident of Vanderlinde looks quite similar to Degrassi couldn't stop the car properly in Diria, and with Herb Muller's frustration for the cars as well. That makes me wonder: Is that Mahindra powertrain safe to race? I sincerely hope that there's nothing wrong with the powertrain and everything is fine. And last but not least is of course how the turn three disaster saved Porsche massively. First up, Jaguar was performed very well on this track, but they crashed out, so that's two cars gone. And later we have Jack Hughes spun himself, and Dennis taken out by Rust. If my calculations are correct, we have seven cars gone in their hairpin, and Porsche benefit a lot from this, especially Volan, who came out to be the biggest winner. Instead of losing points to his opponents, he gained on every championship contenders. Even he was set on back foot. Dare I say, he was really, really lucky. All right, let's move on to the race predictions. So before the race, I predict Tickton will finish in top five. Actually, he didn't, but Sergio Sedekamra is. Good stuff for Niels. The second one, Lauter and Da Costa rise up. I think this is true for Da Costa. But I believe Dennis would have beat Lauter if he wasn't taken out by Rust. The third one, Nissan beats McLaren. Finally, some solid points. But actually, no, because both McLarens just crash out. Instead of Nissan taking steps up, it's more like McLaren just mess up themselves. However, Fenestres was looking quite good at the front, and Norman Nato finished seventh with the fastest lap. So we know they are making progress. Announce the time for the pre-race predictions for the Cape Town Epre. My first one, Kevin Vanderlinde will score points in his home race. As for the second one, Maserati rise up. I think they've suffered from some poor performance and tough luck. Announce the time. The third one, Roland back to qualifying machine. I think we all know that the Mahindra is not really good in efficiency, but over one lap pace, I think they could do something about it. And in his Nissan days, Roland was the absolute qualifying machine. And if they got everything right, I think Mahindra got the potential to put Roland on pole. As for some final thoughts, it's a home race for Mahindra, and both cars get points despite being penalized. 
that's good indication that the team can take points if the opportunities arise. They might not fight for the championship this year, but they could be a midfield team. This weekend, we're racing in Cape Town, so new country, new track, something to look forward to. Let's see what the weekend leads us. Let's finalist. Robert Fries has confirmed that he won't participate in Cape Town Ypres due to the wrist injury, of course, from the crash in Mexico. Let's hope he recovers well and we see him back in action real soon. But hey, now we have Kevin Vandalina doing his home race, so I'm certainly not complaining. Alright, that's all for this episode. If you want to send in your predictions, you can send them to look the Formula E fanatic at pm.me, or you can just DM me on Twitter. And if you like what you're listening, like, subscribe, all that stuff. And I'll see you after Cape Town. Bye.